What's up? Thank y'all for joining the Potty Mouth Podcast. I'm your gracious host, Glenwood Ace. Yes, sir. On this show, man, we're going to be talking about giving an update on our brother, Damar Hamlin. Um, we're going to be talking about what's going on in my city, Charleston, West Virginia. They, there was a update from our mayor Tuesday, and, um, you know, I want to get my thoughts and reflections on that. And we also going to talk about this clown show, what's going on in the United States Congress with these goofy-ass U.S. representatives, whatever they call themselves. I mean, this shit don't make no sense. I don't understand how we ain't got nobody got sworn in or nothing. But, yeah, we'll get to that later. But first off, I want to start off with my brother, Damar Hamlin. Um, his breathing tubes has been removed, and Damar is talking. Um, the bill said that he continues to progress remarkably and his neurological neuro, neurological signs are his functions are intact. So I want to turn it over to his marketing rep and let him give the update. So here it is. Jordan Rooney, a good friend of DeMar Hamlin's and his marketing rep. Can you give us indication of how DeMar is doing medically at this time? Yeah. So, uh, DeMar, um, Right now, things are moving in a positive direction. The doctors, um, you know, what they were looking to see, I, I think they saw that. Uh, I can't speak specifically on it, but um, things things are moving in the right direction. And I know you mentioned there was a lot of information out on how he's doing medically. Can you give us a little bit more indication on how the process going over the last 30 hours? Yeah, you know, there was, uh, you know, some reports last night that he was resuscitated twice. Uh, so I wanted to clarify, there was, was misspoke. Um, he, was, he was only resuscitated once. Um, it, outside of that, things have just been moving in, in the right direction. But there's not clarity at this point in terms of how long things are going to be, how long it's going to take, where things are going to go. So for the family, it's just a matter of seeing more positive signs and hopefully keep building on that. Obviously, a lot of people were waiting for those updates minute by minute. And as you said, there's not a lot of clarity. Can you give us insight on what is clear at this point as far as the plan and timeline for his recovery? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm here to, to speak on behalf of the family. So any of the, the medical reports, things from doctors, things like that, I, I'm unable to speak on any of that stuff. And I'm aware there's been a lot of conversation about how people responded to the Bengals in particular T Higgins with the head. Is there anything the family would like to say in response to that? Yeah, I think that, you know, DeMar's, DeMar's parents were, they were a little bit frustrated that, I mean, that T was receiving any sort of negative backlash. I mean, this was a regular football play. T has reached out. I mean, he's, he's been supportive of DeMar and his family. Um, so the family doesn't want any negative backlash towards T at all. And you mentioned just the family. It's been an outpouring of support, whether it be the GoFundMe, whether it be people bringing um, elements there. Can you give us a little bit of insight on what the support has been like for you, for DeMar, for family over the last 24 hours? Yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, it's it's made a, a really tough situation just, just a little bit easier. Uh, DeMar's family, I mean, they are incredibly supportive themselves. So for them to get support like this, I mean, they're so grateful. Um, they, they are always giving to others. So for so many people to rally around them, I mean, they just keep saying how, how thankful they are. We thank you, Jordan. Thank you for that update, Jordan. Um, I felt that it was important to get out uh, how the brother's doing. Um, 
know how how his parents felt uh him communicating with his teammates uh clearing up all of the um you know all of the misconceptions about him having um you know two cardiac arrests and things like that so that's why it's important to really have like good spokespeople and um you know people gonna stay on time with it so you know his uncle done a good job too you know it, it was a trying circumstance so i appreciate his uncle i'm pretty sure that his teammates appreciate his father calling them and giving him the update and um that's just it's just brutal man you know to see something happen like that i played football and you know it we know that it's a gladiator sport and you know that it could happen at any time so um it was just hard to see you on national tv and i'm glad that the brother doing better uh glad that he moving forward and progressing you know so um Moving on from that, um, I want to talk about, oh my goodness, let's get to these people in the House of Representatives, man. If y'all don't know what's going on, um, at the beginning of the year, the new Congress comes in, uh, the Senators and the House of Representatives. Everything went off cool in the Senate, uh, everybody was sworn in and, you know, no issues. But in the House of Representatives, uh, there are, now it looks like it's up to 20 people that is protesting the vote for Speaker of the House, for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. And it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy, man, you know, because you have, you know, a certain level of people and, and you know, but some of their positions, I mean, from what I was reading and what I gained and understand, I mean... They viable position, you know. They, I mean, they viable positions. If that's how you want to do it, no, we just want one person who can stand up and object to everything. I mean, if that's how y'all feel, that's how y'all feel. Y'all people got y'all elected to Congress, um, but what I really don't think is that the people are taking the time to figure out how it's affecting everybody else. See, that's the, that's the thing, like, right now in this society that we have right now, it's just, it, it is, let's just say is people want you to come out here and do the most outlandish thing, say the most outlandish thing, be on the most bullshit, gun all the most motherfuckers down, all of this shit. And, I mean, people getting tired of it. So with this act right here, you know, it, it might have been, you know, cool as a protest for the first couple days or so. But, I mean, it's just getting tired, man. It's getting old. You know what I'm saying? And these people really need to find a way to um, come to a resolution on a speaker and get them moving forward and doing the people's business. This, this turns a lot of people away from politics. But really, it was just one man. They just allowed Trump to get away with so much bullshit. These other people is just the remnants of motherfuckers feeling like they can get away with the same bullshit that Trump got away with. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, what we going to do with them? What they going to do with them? You know, I know what I'm going to do. It don't matter if they shut the government down or whatever. I'm going to keep this shit moving. I'm like an eagle out here. I'm going to make it happen one way or the other. 
you know. But for everybody else who depending, people got social security checks and all of those shit. Oh man, they in trouble, bro. These people' priority is to cut out social entitlement programs anyway. So they just like, yeah, we moving forward. But my last and most important topic that I want to talk about is the mayor address from uh, my mayor, the city of Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia. Um, she gave an update earlier this week on uh, the progress of the city on, and how they feel like they want to move forward on things and stuff like that. Um, on a personal note, uh, I met our mayor a couple times. She's an alumni of my school, West Virginia State University. Uh, I kind of like... Uh, Mayor Google, you know, um, as a person, as a lady, you know, she, you know, she's attentive, you know, she, you know, she's respectful, you know, when she sees you, she speaks to me, you know, she's been very cordial. Um, but after I like play what, you know, her address to the city was, you know, I, I just like give up a, a little follow up and the commentary on, you know, my perception and the perception of people like me of the city moving forward and you know we're going to look at some real hard life data and hard life facts and use personal testimony to see you know just we just going to examine the process that the progress that been made you know so here's an interview that the mayor done with uh, News 8 and I want to let y'all listen to it and check out our interview, and we'll get back to you on the other side. Mayor Goodwin of Charleston announces her priorities for the next four years during the State of the City Address. Eyewitness News reporter Shayla Klein went to the address to learn more details about the mayor's plans. Shayla? Well, lots of cities in West Virginia in West Virginia got millions of federal funds for infrastructure. And I primarily wanted to know what Mayor Goodwin hopes to accomplish with those funds. One of the most popular goals of the evening, increasing city employee minimum wage to $15 an hour. A couple of the goals Mayor Goodwin announced for Charleston got a round of applause. Raising city employee minimum wage to $15 an hour was one of them. This can't happen overnight. This has got to be over four years because it's a it's a significant investment, an investment that we think is worth it, right, to keep and retain our good employees. Also renovating five properties in the city of Charleston that will house mental health professionals at low or no cost. This is contingent on the professional agreeing to work in Charleston's area of need. And they include children and teenagers with trauma due to violence. Speaking of housing, a project to build 25 single-family housing units out of vacant lots on the west side and east side. We need home ownership. We need families to have a vested interest in their communities. That project is intended to increase the availability of affordable housing in Charleston and would be a partnership with the Charleston Land Reuse Agency. Of course, the mayor says she also intends to continue work on the Capitol Sports Complex and the Capitol Connector Project, which will change the city's riverfront. Live in the studio, Shayla Klein, Eyewitness News. We want to thank Shayla for her wonderful interview. Uh, that was a wonderful piece of journalism. I want to break 
Mayor Goodwin's uh, speech down for my people, you know, just for, on a point-by-point -point basis. And, you know, how I feel about it, you know, the, my uh, perceptions and opinions of it. Uh, first, the $15 um, city employee raise. There's not much to say about that. That's always a good thing. I want all my brothers paid. Um, you know, I'm an advocate for... Um, you know, good. I'm a, I'm an advocate for giving people fair wages. Um, so yeah, nothing more to be said to that. Uh, the properties for the mental health professionals or the mental health people. I think that that's a good idea. Um, but I think that we need to keep in mind we we need to be incorporating people who have a vested interest in the neighborhood. I want to go. I'm gonna continue to go back to you know that word vested interest that's that's what the mayor said uh you know third she said that she want to help teens and you know with the things that they're dealing with um listen i went to west side middle school last year uh when i was in um my the master's program and i went there on my own to go speak with these babies and they kept asking me to come back uh, I gave my time, effort, and energy for free. And when babies appreciate it, I call them babies, man, because they respect the hell out of Mr. Marcelli and they love me. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the end of the year, I gave my application to the principal, asked her, uh, she said, you know, she'd like to have my application to see if we can get a position uh, for this coming school year. Uh, never heard nothing back from her. Long story short, um, the city of Charleston gonna have to uh, review their uh, judicial policies. Um, it's a it's a lot of brothers out here who have to deal with having stripes on having stripes on their criminal history report because of misdemeanors like simple possession charges and shit like that and I mean I listen I am a person who going through it you know but I'm an eagle like I said I will make a way out of no way other brothers can't do that other brothers aren't blessed with that you understand and it's a lot of people we overlooking their talent we hindering their development um, we giving them unnecessary headwinds because of our judicial procedures. And so that's, that's one thing that I, I wanted to point it out with the mayor's speech, you know, that I, I have an issue with. And, you know, I'm willing to sit down and talk one-on-one -on -one with any of these people, city council members. I've been talked to them on numerous occasions. Um, to the mayor, she, you know, she sometimes she be acting like she a little too important. I ain't got time to talk with people like that, but, you know, if she ever willing to talk, shit, I'm willing to talk. Um, but I want to talk to y'all about this region of the country where I live at. It's called Appalachia. Um, Appalachia, there was just an article that came out um, on WV. Well, no, I ain't going to say what, uh, where this article came from. Anyway, says that Appalachia is one of the most depressed regions in the country. So, four out of the top five cities who are depressed, 
four out of the top most oppressed cities in this country come from this region. Um, number two, you have Kingsport, Tennessee. Three, Knoxville, Tennessee. Four, Charleston, West Virginia. Five, Huntington, West Virginia. And number one was some city in, in Montana. And I can understand that. I mean, because it's cold as fuck up there. So I'll be halfway depressed too. But for this region to have like four out of the top five most oppressed cities. And I, I want to speak on that because one of the issues that we have here in this Charleston we don't do enough investing in free thought. We don't invest in like this is this is the most programmed city in the state. I, I'm telling you, bro. I done ran the numbers per capita. They get more program money to Charleston, West Virginia, than any other municipality in the United States of America, brother. And so, for everything to still be looking the same. It, just, it starts with the leadership. Like, you got to question the leadership. You know what I'm saying? When when you have 30% of your constituents that have a positive economic outlook on the future of the city, I mean, like, what type of fucking number is that? That's 30% of the people saying, yeah, shit moving forward is looking better. Come on, man. That's pathetic. Um, your population is in steady decline. Um, the population then shrunk damn near in half since I've been born, 40-something years. Uh, you have little positive role models for the people who need them. Like, again, I, I want... Everybody's not into church role models. Like, y'all want to put people on leadership boards, kids that ain't... Everybody's not built like that. You overlooking natural-born leaders trying to give somebody a title. You understand? Trying to give somebody resources or opportunity because of what they know or who they know or what church they go to or who their parent is. I mean, that's not, for me, that's not leadership. That ain't the brand of leadership that, that I subscribe to and that I promote. I promote organic leadership. People that that's out here speaking up saying what's wrong when it's wrong. You know, and... You know, so that's my thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I question the leadership of the city. Um, you don't have no positive role models. Uh, your criminal element is still persisting. You got all these junkies walking around in the neighborhood, right? You don't even see no kids riding no bikes. All the fucking junkies got them. And listen, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I don't care how anybody feel about what I say about no addicts. You know, I don't fuck with the rehab community. That's just me. You understand what I'm saying? And I, I'm going to tell you why I don't fuck with the rehab community because this country sees fit to give people who have drug addictions every opportunity in the world they possibly can because the majority of them is white. But when it comes to brothers who got drug charges or fucking simple possessions, anything like that, you want to use anything you can against them to hold them back. You understand? So, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a brother that didn't get the opportunities that, that these people get. And I understand it's systemic. It, I don't have no problem with no personal. I don't have no personal problem with no people in rehab. I got a problem with the rehab community as a whole. You know, is I mean, it's just like y'all out here getting all these resources, 
you I don't really see too many of them giving back, coming back, talking to no kids, setting no positive example. You have one here and there. You understand? But, you know, not like the brothers that's out here having to do it on their own without getting any uh, uh, boost or help or grant or none of that. You know what I'm saying? I just respect that a little bit more. Um, you know, the, we, we got to start holding the community leadership accountable. You know, like out of all these programs, all this money that y'all get, what are we doing? You still got the same problem with drugs. You still got the same problems with depression. You still got the same problems with delinquency. 12-year-olds in the schools vaping. You got 16, 17, and 18-year-olds falling out or and dying from fucked up fentanyl pills. I mean, come on, man. Like, everything's all fucked up, but y'all want to paint a rosy picture, and that's y'all's issue. Like, y'all, everything is all about aesthetics. Like, we got to make sure this shit look good. We got all this money. We putting a sports complex in. We going to hook up the boulevard, this, that, and the third. But you not investing in the soul of your people. I heard you, Ms. Mayor, talk about we need viable people within the community to, to grow the community. Well, I mean, people try. But if ain't nobody fucking with the people y'all kicking their programs down to, I go to a lot of these meetings around here, bro. I'm going to tell you. And a lot of the, I've been in a lot of city council meetings. A lot of funding get kicked down to this pastor watch program, and then they want to distribute it from there. They want to distribute the resources from there. Well, here's my issue with Pastor Watts as a pal. Like, as a man, I don't know him. I didn't see the dude a couple times. You know, he, I mean, when he see me act like he ain't got two words to say to me, I feel the fucking same. <laughs> you understand? Ain't, ain't no love lost nowhere, nigga, because, you know, I've I, I been on the West Side since 1981. And my mama moved over there when I was five years old. And it was way much more of a community. When I was coming up through my teenage years, I just look at the community over the past 10, 15 years since the, you know, since Reverend Watts been having to, you know, been in his position within the community. And so, like, one of the things, like, that I don't respect when I, I hear Pastor Watts is that he want to talk about how much people don't like him. Oh, my church doors is always open. You can come to me and talk to me. First and foremost, Jesus was out with the people within the community, man. Jesus ain't tell nobody to come and holler at him and pull up on him at the church. Matter of fact, Jesus was kicking the doors in at the temple on the Pharisees and Sadducees. So that's like how we looking at your pastor watch right now, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. People want to be up all high and mighty because the government kicking all the money, the resources down to the church, and they feel like they can do what they do. But the essence of the community hasn't changed. The soul of your people has not improved. As my people, this is me speaking to my people, question the leadership, bro. When you still got nothing but junkies, when you in a neighborhood and a neighborhood is built on home ownership, people owning their homes, 
and you got everybody, you got one group of people or two or three or four groups of people buying up all the properties and they want to get people renting in there or HUD homes or low-income housing, this, that, and the third. That's not building up the fabric of your community. You're not building up the soul of your people. You're not investing in them. You're not investing in them having ownership of what they living in. You know what I'm saying? It's the difference how people who own their house look at their neighborhood as opposed to people who just rent. Like, try. I didn't gave up looking for funding. I didn't gave up looking for jobs. Fuck you, motherfuckers. I make all my own money out. This bitch out and kiss my ass. Anytime I went to try to look for opportunity with them people, and I got a college degree, brother. You understand? It was always headwinds. It was always obstruction. It was always, uh, 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 well, have you talked to Pastor Watts? What the fuck we got to talk to Pastor Watts for? Like, he's not investing the other people out here. You know what I'm saying? The people who didn't have drug charges and and been out trying to get their life together, straighten the fuck up. Where is that investment at? Why the fuck we got to go to the church for it? That's That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? So I had to air that out on behalf of my auntie, number one, because this is a conversation that I had with her last night. And, and she lived dead, dead on Grand Street, right across Glenwood. My granny and them been there when my granny passed, but my family been there for over 30 years. You know what I'm saying? They ain't never seen the community this fucked up. And so, you know, it's... it's Listen, my homegirl told me, she said, Ben, you you know, you you have to start applying your your intelligence as as a weapon. You know, not like against people, but for people. You know what I'm saying? So like the struggles that my people done went through, I'm still going through it with them. But one thing I know how to do is articulate a message. So even if I have to use our language, which is even if I have to do that, you know, to talk shit to you motherfuckers, then, you know, that's what I'm going to do. My last piece of advice would be, uh, and this is, this goes to the mayor, uh, Mayor Goodwin. I'm speaking directly to Mayor Goodwin. Uh, I know this lady. Start investing in the talent within your city. You know, because these people who feel like they got a pulse on the community or feel like they got a position of power just because they got your ear and they are same color, they don't share our experience. They are not from, they have no respect within the community. We don't respect them. City council members that want to come to uh, uh, board meetings and talk about a uh, brother who passed away 20 years ago, how it's still affecting them. Listen, it's little kids out here finding their mama's cold right now. You understand? It's mama's out here finding their baby's cold right now. You understand? If y'all not speaking to that, if y'all not speaking to the real issues that's affecting the community, bro, what is we doing? It is beneficial to invest in mental health professionals, want to invest in the community. Let me tell you something about building 25 houses. You're not going to get the proper people to want to come over there if the same element is still within the community. You understand? I know because I'm one of them. I love anybody will tell you. I got a homie in Texas right now. Just text me, said, cuz, I don't know nobody that banged the hood harder than you bang it. 
the West. I don't even say West Side no more. Fuck the West Side. I'm all about the Glenwood District because, you know, they didn't strip the name and made it Luna Park. And that's on some whole other racist bullshit. But, yeah, Glenwood District. Fuck West Side of Charleston. Fuck Luna Park. All that shit. But anybody know me know how much love I got for my community, people within my community. For me to be here, directly tied here, and you keep overlooking what the talent is, that's, that all shows what the leadership is, Madam Mayor. So as these problems persist, question your leadership. As you have the same issues with the junkies and the homeless motherfuckers and all this shit, question your leadership. What is Pastor Watts doing? I sat in there and watched him come in and petition for a $1.5 million grant for some type of health care, whatever the hell he want to do with his organization. Bro, you already got health right and fucking family care on the west side. When is when is the church getting into being in the health care? Like, come on, man. I, I don't understand none of this shit. I'm going to continue to speak on behalf of my people. You know, um, I'm going to continue to do research. I'm going to continue to sharpen the message. And we're going to continue to stay on y'all motherfucking head, man. But it's going to be some changes coming around here. This is Right now, 2023 is the age of accountability. Motherfucker about to be held accountable. What have you been doing? It ain't been enough for you to be saying how much you a city council member Charleston's West Side and that motherfucker look the way that it do it ain't enough to talk about how much the city about to have beautiful uh, athletic complexes and shit when 30% of your population believe the city moving in the right direction we gonna quit whitewashing the bullshit and you know like I'm, I'm gonna speak on local issues because ain't nobody's everybody wanna talk about all this Appalachian love nigga I'm gonna tell y'all about all this Appalachian envy that motherfuckers got for each other around here you know I know what real Appalachian love is and it ain't nothing what these motherfuckers around here showing if it was Charleston wouldn't be the most the fourth most depressed city in the United States and Huntington wouldn't be the fifth most depressed city in the United States so you know that's it for me on this potty mouth joint man I appreciate y'all and that's it man I'm Glenn Wood Ace y'all fuck with me man get with me tap in hit me up Hit me up on all my social media. I got Potty Mouth on YouTube. I got Potty Mouth on Facebook. And we got the Potty Mouth Podcast. You can catch the link on either one of those platforms. So, you know, we're going to continue distributing our content. And fuck with us, man. Let's keep it present. Tap in. The Potty Mouth Podcast was brought to you by Culture Cash Media, the voice of a postmodern culture.